0: Have you ever felt you're being watched sometimes? Have you ever had a cold shiver run down your spine? Sometimes we go through that. Sometimes we look for answers to questions we don't really truly understand. Like, are we truly alone in the universe? Is there life after death? This world is weird. It gets weirder by the day. And in that weird are questions that we have as curious beings known as humans. Tonight, we look into some of those questions and get a little weird. Because we all are just a tad bit weird. Tonight on... Weekend weird. Hey, this is uh, Red Nick with the uh, Weekend Weird podcast. Everything weird and mundane going on in this world or outside of this world. Uh, we're back. Cats going nuts. <laughs> Bagels are freshly baked. We're back. Happy New Year, everybody. Um. Today, join returning guests, my good friend Ogul. Say hi, Ogul. Hi. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> I'm glad to have you back uh, since the first two episodes that you did uh, were critically acclaimed and award winning.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> like a full uh, three hour episode that we did there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was. Going last episode, we did. I uh, did was uh, like the, one of the Lord of the Rings directors, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scientology. Uh, that was nothing. Yeah. I'm going back and like, oh, JFK was three hours long, okay, it was nothing, but and I still feel
1: like we didn't cover everything, yes, <laughs> we,
0: we didn't get to the the um Senka coffee conspiracy, too. <laughs> 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 but uh, we're talking about an interesting topic today. Um, this topic in this story I have followed since I was like 12 years old. And I was always been interested in this. Um, this is a very compelling, weird story. It's the story of the Kelly Hopkinsville incident. Um, for those who don't know what the Kelly Hopkinsville incident, which we'll get into this podcast, is that these group of adults, uh, children, two families, had claimed they were visited one night um, by these... Goblin type of extraterrestrial creatures, um, in the te- well in the area of Hopkinsville and Kelly, Kentucky. So um, I've again I've been following this for since I was I was younger, and man, this is a really good story. Go, um, what have you heard about this?
1: So until you mentioned it to me three weeks ago, I had never heard anything about it. Um, but it's uh, since then. Every time I bring it up to somebody I know, and I start talking about, like, what happened instead of just saying the name, mm-hmm. they're immediately like, oh, you mean the Hob- Hopkinsville incident? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, Just yesterday, one of my coworkers, I, I said, oh, tomorrow I'm doing a, a podcast with a friend. And he's like, what are you guys going to talk about this time? I said, um, this time we're going to talk about this incident that happened in Kentucky where uh, a family had an alien encounter. And he's like, oh, the Hopkinsville, Hopkinsville incident. I was like, yeah, you know what? He's like, it's the most well-documented and famous, um, encounter incident in us history. I was like, Oh wow. So until yesterday, cause I wanted to have the information fresh in my mind. Right. I didn't uh, do any sort of research until just, just yesterday. Yeah. Um, So, up until yesterday, I was kind of uh, ignorant to, like, the entire incident and, like, how well-famed it really is. Right. It's known by er every, like, ufologist and everybody who's was, like, semi-interested in this topic. It it surprised me that I had never heard of it. I guess mostly, just personally, not to go off on a tangent, but for me, I deal with more so up there instead of down here kind of extraterrestrial activity. Mm -hmm. Where I haven't gotten to, into too many encounter right. um, incidents. But. Well,
0: yeah, this is one of the most famous encounters. It's been well documented um, across the world. Um, it's inspired um, movies, television shows, cartoons, uh, comic books, stuff like that. Um, and it's why, why it's so well documented is because of the witnesses that they. Um, that saw this event that experienced this event it's hard to really shake their experience and their accounts of this event by saying it's a hoax or mass hallucination it's very hard i mean skeptics have tried and i'm a skeptic naturally so i don't believe most of the things people say or there's usually some sort of scientific explanation for things out there but this case this is very hard to pinpoint this was this this was this so it, it's a really compelling case and we're going to get into with today on Weekend Weird.
1: <laughs> also, I couldn't help but the fact or think about the fact that when I was reading about this yesterday that um the very specific scene in the movie, Signs... Yes. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Where yeah. they're chasing what they think is the creature around the farmhouse. I was mm-hmm. like, this is, This sounds just like that scene. Yeah. Where yeah. they shoot up at the thing. Man, or I don't yeah. want to get it. Okay, so, okay yeah, right, so it started up. I just thought that was like... <laughs> um,
0: the primary sources we're going to take today is various uh, accounts, from the various accounts. I've been on the internet, and also from the book, um, The Kelly Greenman Alien Legacy Revisited by Geraldine Sutton Smith, who is one of the children of the witnesses of that night. Um, back in 1955. Yes, this story takes place in 1955, August to be precise, in Kelly Hopkinsville, uh, well, Kelly Hopkinsville area of Kentucky. Uh, Kelly, um, and Hopkinsville are two separate towns, but where this farm, um, that this encounter had taken place is in between the two.
1: It's um, in Christian County, Kentucky. Christian
0: County, Kentucky, um, which is on the west southwestern side of Kentucky. Um, closer to like it's closer to Tennessee um, it borders like the town is like Kentucky borders Illinois Indiana Iowa Tennessee Missouri but well, it's closer to Tennessee it's on the
1: southwest side of the state
0: yeah it's uh what they say is hop skip a jump away from um, Nashville so
1: is that why it's called hop?
0: Yes. Hopkinsville. Actually, for this podcast, we're going to call it Hop Town. Hop Town.
1: -town. (laughs) H-Town. H-Town. Not not to be confused with O-Town. Yes.
0: No. No. We're not going to talk about that. So let's get into the story. Let's get into the actual account, which I will take from the book, The Kelly Greenman Alien Legacy Revisit. So bear with me here.
1: He's got uh, a chapter um, from the book uh, yes. labeled out already, so I think he's gonna get into like the lead up to it, or
0: yes, um, the weekend, the evening of the it's going a half the evening of the twenty first, August twenty first, nineteen fifty five. Um, there were five adults and seven children who arrived at the farmhouse, the Sutton farmhouse um, near the town of Kelly. Um, those. Witnesses, I'm going to name the witnesses. Elmer Lucky Sutton, 25. His wife Vera, 29. Good friends Billy Ray and June, Billy Ray, who's 21, and June Taylor, who was 18. Um. Let's see here. Also on the farm was a matriarch, uh, Janelle, is it Janine? Good.
1: Janine. Glenine. Glenny? Glenny.
0: Yes, Glenny Lankford was 50. She was a widower. Her three smallest children, Lonnie 12, Charleston 10, and Mary 7. Also on the farm is JC, 21, and his wife Arlene, 27. Also on the farm is OP Baker, Arlene's brother, 30. Now a couple of these people that are coming from. That were on the farm were circus carnies, which is sort of important.
1: Is it though?
0: I mean, yeah. For skeptics, at points like, oh, they're circus carneys. Yeah, so I they, heard that argument. Yeah, just like, but it, it's so? not relevant. I mean, it, it. This case also at the same time brings out a lot of prejudices, and for people, um, prejudice works all around.
1: Right, because they're farmers they're from farmers, Kentucky. Right. They're
0: carnies from Kentucky. So, you're...
1: They must be wrong about this incident. They must
0: be backwards, backwards, backwards living. So, when you go out in public and say, oh, discrimination or stereotypes don't hurt me. Yeah, they do. Because everyone has a stereotype.
1: You're part of some stereotype regardless of who you are.
0: Yes. So, then that's one thing that skeptics use against this family. That they're backwards... They were backwards Bible thumpers.
1: You yeah, know. but like, okay, right. let's assume they are. Let's assume they're un- uneducated farmers and they're, you know, fairly religious. They're good people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Does that take away from what happened and their accounts of it? No. No,
0: no. It's, it's it, just because they're, they're a certain way and have... Uh, certain ways about them does not make them unreliable with
1: the Now, if you told me they ran a moonshine business yeah. and they were drunk all the time, then I would say this is relevant, yeah, right?
0: And That's another thing the skeptics bring up. They're like, oh, they were all drinking. Uh, the matriarch, uh, Galeen,
1: Glenny. Glenny
0: was a very avowed Christian woman. She did not allow alcohol anywhere near her farm and in her in her home. So, they weren't drunk. And also, you want to give the kids Alcohol. Right. I mean it's not out of the rims, but no, it's no one was drunk. And even when they reported the story, police officials and sheriffs had looked at them, it was like there was no alcohol present and they did not smell any alcohol.
1: And so the police come because they go down to the sheriff's office, right? Right. Don't you think at that point? One of them would have said, "These guys smell like right, alcohol. alcohol." Yeah, moves, we're not going to uh, go investigate these claims. They, yeah. this, they're ridiculous. Go back home. Yeah, no, they didn't do that. They Didn't
0: do that. They literally said that, they rolled up in here. like yeah.
1: ten squad cars, right? Yeah, um, but go slater. ahead.
0: Okay, so we're going to pick up from when this initially when this event happened um, from the book again, the Kelly Greenman, LA legend, LA legacy revisited. Billy Ray decided to go out to the well and get some water on the evening of August 21st, 1955. It was a terribly hot, hot day, and the water in the well was always cool and tasted good. As he pulled up the pail, he thought he heard something. He looked around and couldn't believe his eyes. He had never seen, before seen, anything like this. It just, it just as this happened, the family's old howl dog came running by Billy Ray and went under the house. Billy Ray dropped the pail, took off running too his feet not moving as fast fast enough for him. He got to the door, ran in, and shut the main door behind him. Everyone heard the door slam and looked up to see Billy Ray out of the breath and sweat running down his face.
1: Now, hold on a yeah. second. Who's telling the story? Uh,
0: Geraldine is telling the story as told to her, because she's Geraldine's son, by her father. So her father initially is the one telling the story.
1: Her father's who?
0: Um, Geraldine's
1: in the. In the story? Uh, JC. I see. He's the... Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't want to... Um, yeah. Because it's it's good to know which perspective it's coming from, but go ahead. Um, okay, hold on one second. <clears throat> Let's say in the description, in the bio. Um,
0: she was just no. <laughs> uh, What's the blazes the matter with you? Elmer asked him. June was also concerned about her husband and asked... Billy, are you okay? Billy didn't know whether to tell him what, he's, what he saw or not. He didn't know himself what he saw, so how long was he going to explain it, how he was going to explain it to him. The concept of oval-shaped objects silver in color and having other colors coming out the back of it didn't seem a tad did seem a tad bit out there. They kept asking since they could clearly see something was not right, so he decided to give it a try. The reaction is exactly what he thought it would be. Okay, Lucky. Okay, but Lucky, you're not going to believe me, Billy Ray told Elmer. It was important to Billy Ray that Elmer, or Lucky, as he also known, also known, believed him. Okay, Billy, what's the matter? Lucky asked. You look like you've seen a ghost. Almost wished it was a ghost, Billy Ray told the tin sitting in the house. I saw something going across the side, with silver, oval-shaped, and had all the colors of the rainbow streamed behind it. There was a silence for a few seconds, and everyone busted out laughing. You got to be kidding me, Lucky told Billy Ray. No, I'm not kidding you. Lucky, you have to believe me. Billy Ray pleaded with Lucky to believe him. He needed the reassurance and support of his friend. Miss Glendine told the group they had, been ha- they had been having meteor showers that month, but Billy Ray was very avid that it was about it, not being meteors, shooting stars, or any other thing that could have been falling from the sky. He knew what it, all those looked like, and it wasn't any of them. Stop right there. There had been during that time. There had been meteor showers going across the uh, southwestern Kentucky area, um, and this is what skeptics also point to: that oh, Lucky says he saw a UFO, but there were meteor showers going on in that area. Like the even, like the sheriff, who will later come on to the story, had seen. Um, shooting stars and um, meteor showers before and also the residence above and you know, Kelly so skepticism would point to is did you uh, lucky I mean Billy Ray really did see a UFO I mean uh, maybe
1: mm-hmm. maybe but yeah. around the time of um, celestial activity mm-hmm. that passes by Earth right. There are sometimes correlations in UFO sightings because one can make the case, hey, it's kind of interesting for a outside visitor to witness this as well. So right. that doesn't immediately tell me, like, there were meteor showers, therefore there it must not have been a UFO. It's like, well, how can you make that assessment? Right. I'm just right. saying, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, it's... <sighs> Whether it's a UFO, whether it's not a UFO, a lot of things can be explained. Um,
1: Let me just, first of all, just like preface to this podcast that I, Ogul, I'm a a strong believer in extraterrestrial life existence outside of the solar system that we find ourselves in. So I'm coming from this from a very positive point of view Mm -hmm. where... um, I mean, whether this incident actually happened or, or not, the way it's described is up to the listener. But for me personally, it's entirely plausible. Entirely plausible. Okay.
0: And I, Rhett Nick, as a host of this podcast, was kind of, eh, <laughs> about UFOs. Eh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: there's evidence for it in both ways, but I'm still, eh, okay, <laughs> so... Pretty much, going back to the story, um, also need to be known that Billy Ray was a little bit of a jokester. He um, liked to pull pranks every now and then, but not like something very serious. And The look at, that, people, that people in the house were giving him, like he looked like he was just, he was concerned. So he ends up asking um, Lucky to come out with him, so they end up going outside, and that's where we pick up the story. Everyone in the house continued what they were doing while the two men headed out to see if they could find out what Billy Ray saw. Billy Ray took Lucky to the well and pointed up to the sky where he had seen the unusual looking object. Of course there was nothing there, and Lucky asked Billy Ray again if it could have been a meteor shooting star. No, Lucky, I know what they look like, and it was neither one of those. Besides, about the time I saw the thing, your old hound dog ran right past me and under the house with his tail tucked in. Side note, that dog stayed under that house the entire night and did not move. Back to the story. Billy Ray was pretty excited and frightened by whatever it was he saw, and Lucky knew this. He knew his friend, and he believed he did see something, but it probably wasn't anything that would amount to anything. anything. Lucky tried to calm him down. Billy Ray, let's go back in the house and finish that car game. They were playing cards like that. Whoever it was you saw is gone now. So Billy Ray agreed and they headed back in. As they were walking to the house, something caught their eye and they stopped for a moment to see what it was. Neither men could believe what they were seeing. Out of the woods came a little figure that was about three and a half foot tall with huge glowing eyes, huge ears, long arms. They came down their sides and a darn thing was floating over the ground. Their feet and legs weren't moving. Shit, what was that? Lucky ass. I told you something was out there, Billy Ray said. You just wouldn't believe me. The men took off running to the house and barreled through the door. Everyone looked up for what they were doing and stared at the the two men as they looked like they both had seen a ghost this time. Vera spoke up since it looked like no one else was going to. Lucky, what's wrong with you two? Both of you look like you've seen a ghost. Did y'all go out there and throw this big plan together to scare everyone? Lucky he didn't know whether to tell everyone what he had just seen or not. After all, they did have kids in the house. He also remembered how they laughed at Billy Ray just a few minutes ago for doing the exact same thing that they're doing now. But he had to tell them. They had to know. After all, he didn't know what it was and what, what it was wanting. He just saw something out there. We just saw something out there, excuse me. I don't know what it what it was, but there was something out there. Oh, Elmer, don't be silly, Glendine told her son. She didn't want this getting out of hand because she had three children and she had to get to bed and didn't want to frighten them. Mommy, damn it, I'm not being silly. We just saw something out there and it doesn't look like anything from this world. Maybe a goblin. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. Billy Ray nodded his head, agreeing, to his f- agreeing with his friend. With all the doors and windows being open because of the heat, it was easy to hear what was going on outside. Off in the distance, you can hear a dog howling. Let's stop right there. You see a three foot, three and a half foot tall alien. It looks like a goblin.
1: What do you do? That's the question. So, <clears throat> spoiler here. Um, the critics uh, pegged the sighting as a, a sighting of a great horned. Owl. Yes. And it, uh, while you were doing that, I looked up images of a great horned <coughs> owl. Does that look like an alien to you? How tall do you think that bird is? It's gotta
0: be like the two feet. That it's it's gotta be something. Do you think
1: some? Feet. Do you think two human beings can confuse a bird for a goblin, as they say? I, I no. I mean, I mean, dark
0: maybe, but. You know, like skeptics will bring that up, but they live in this area. They, uh, Lucky lives in this area. They're outdoorsy they, people. Outdoorsy people. They know what a damn owl looks like.
1: Also, to talk about the thing floating across the ground. Mm-hmm. What owl fucking floats across the ground? Please uh, they will like it.
0: glide across the ground. I mean, <laughs> maybe something like that, but not float. They're saying float. I mean, not to say they they get there. Descriptions of it might be wrong or how this being had moved, but they specifically say it was gliding across the ground.
1: So you asked me what I would do, I'd fucking shit my pants. Now, and also imagine, okay, this is in the 50s, mm-hmm. right? Now, this day of age, if I saw something like that, my, imme- my immediate... Uh, thought would be to dismiss it as a prank, someone trying to be get views on a video on YouTube, right. someone dressed up in a costume. Right. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. This is 1955, okay? Right. No one's out here trying to pull pranks on people like this, on random strangers, because you ass going to get shot mm-hmm. if you're on a farm, yeah. right? right? In the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to pull pranks. Right. It's not a fucking owl. Yeah. All right. So, what what do we got? What is it? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. know. You kind of run out of uh, yeah, it, suspects. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it reminds me. It reminds me of the of the line they dropped in uh, uh, I, I finally watched People vs. O.J. Simpson. Oh, by the okay, way. good. About time. Uh, where Rob or uh, uh, the father Kardashian? What's oh, his name? Oh,
0: uh, hmm. Robert Kardashian.
1: Robert Kardashian. Yeah. We're like in like the sixth or seventh episode. He's like either talking to himself or somebody. He's like, okay, if OJ didn't do it, then who, who did? did? Ew, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there is no other suspects being oh, named, right? You should do an, a, an episode. Oh yes, yeah. that's coming
0: up in the near future. There you go. Hey, uh, so the OJ Simpson case. Uh,
1: <laughs> a wink and, and a nod to, to the future episode. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, uh, so my point is like, if it's not somebody pulling a prank, mm-hmm. if it's not. A, a a woodland's creature mm-hmm. as we say that these people would have identified right away since right. they live out or they don't live outdoors but they they spend a lot of time outdoors as farmers yeah so then what the hell is it
0: right i
1: don't know there is no creature in that we've discovered yet that has glowing eyes and long arms with claws and right. long ears mm-hmm you know
0: right I I don't know (coughs) let's continue on what would you do I would shit my pants. <laughs> shit my pants. So we both then agree there'd be my pants. Yeah, there'd be there be, sh- be, be a lot of shitting. Mines will be like runny and a little nutty <laughs> but it'll be a lot of shitting nah. on the pants. And then after I shit my pants, I would piss them. And then I would probably puke before the smell. And then I would run back in my house crying like a little girl.
1: <laughs> I'd go honestly, i do what exactly what these people you're gonna describe yeah. are about to do would be to go. Unfortunately, as a human being, would go...
0: Let's let's tell that. Alright, so picking up where we left off. Lucky, was that your dog? Vera asked her husband. She was starting to feel like that maybe something was wrong after all. No, I don't think so. He's probably still under the house, which I don't blame him. All of a sudden, everyone started laughing again. No one was going to believe them. Lemmy lived in a country just about her whole life, and she's never seen any goblins or, or funny-looking creatures lurking. About. J.C., Lucky's brother, served a career, and he's never seen any creatures like they were describing. They had seen lots of things, but not goblins. So it's easy for the family to laugh at the two men and forget about the whole thing. Finally, Glenine got the three younger ones to bed, all of them protecting the whole t- protesting the whole time because they wanted to hear more about the their brother and Billy Ray had seen. After all, it was not every day something exciting like this happened. Gladine thought it was best for them to go get to bed before things got out of the hand, or she will never get them to sleep. Finally, Lucky couldn't take it anymore, grabbed a couple of guns and gave one to Billy Ray. Lucky, what in God's name are you doing? Gladine asked her son. I'm gonna protect this family is what I'm doing, Lucky told his his mother. Rear protested. aren't you taking this a bit too far? No, I'm going to protect this family. Billy Ray, you take the 22 and I'll take the 12 gauge. You go to the back door and I'll watch the front. Billy nodded his head and took off for the back door. The rest of the family were all thinking the same thing. The men were taking their joke a little too far, but they sat back and let them continue. They were actually kind of enjoying this game that the men were playing and couldn't wait to see how it was going to play out. What they didn't realize is that their night had just begun. The two men stood their pulse, looking at the front door and Billy Ray in the back. Not wavering, but both had a slight jolt of fear running through them because they knew they had seen something. Now it was just they had no idea what it was. Miss Glennine decided to try and find out what the two men were cooking up. She went to the back door where Billy Ray was because she thought she could get him to crack easier than her son. If they were playing some kind of strange joke on everyone, she would get it out of Billy Ray. But he didn't waver. Okay, Billy Ray. I want to sit down right here with you and wait. I want to s- I want to see what you two are all so upset about. M- well, Miss Glendine, I hope you don't you don't have to find out what we're waiting for. I'm hoping that god awful thing returns to the dark deep dark depths it came from. Billy Ray helped Miss Glendine squat down on the floor beside him and they sat and waited. Miss Glendine tried several times to get Billy Ray to tell him tell her what was going on and why they were going to such great lengths to scare everyone, but Billy Ray didn't budge for what they had said from the beginning. The night was quiet, and they could hear the other adults in the front room quietly talking amongst themselves, also wondering why the two men were doing what they were doing. They didn't have to wait much longer when all of a sudden they heard a, heard a blood-curdling blood curdling scream come from the black door when Miss Glendine and Billy Ray were. Everyone took off to the back of the house where they see Miss Glendine sitting on the floor, lucky went to help his mother and helped her get back up. What in blazes happened back here, Lucky asked his mother. I saw it, Miss Glendine told her son. I saw what you two boys were talking about. Miss Glendine got to see one of the little creatures come from around the corner of the house and come right towards her and Billy Ray. Now do you believe us, Billy Ray shouted. About that time, they heard a gun go off in the front of the house. Everyone headed that direction, including the three kids, who were wide awake and up by now. JC had fired a shot through the front window. I saw something. JC told the fa- JC Joe- told the family it was looking in the window right at us. Now it's just like a game of Clue. <laughs> it's over there, pop. It's over there. It's like Doom. Boom. It's
1: over there. Boom. It's over there. It's over there. Boom. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I'm just yeah. trying to like put myself in that situation. Yeah, it's. Kinda... I mean, take away the take away the supernatural thing of it. If yeah. it's like a, it's almost like a home invasion at that point. Or you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. They're barricaded inside the home, and there's things outside that are potential dangers. Right. And they're just shooting at first sight. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But go ahead.
0: All right. Billy Ray ran out to the little front stoop. Everyone was keeping their eyes peeled to see what was what was it we were trying to get into the house. All at once, this little clawed-looking hand reached down and touched Billy Ray's hair. Gah. Haleigh grabbed him and pulled him in the house. Lucky ran out and shot at the little creature. He was totally amazed when it rolled off the roof and floated into the woods. He ran in the house, not sure what to do or say to the group of people who stood before him. Vera get the kids and take them to the back room and hide. Don't come out till I tell you to, like he told his wife. By now, Billy Ray was hysterical. pacing House yelling, How do you believe us? And how do you see what we've been trying to tell you all night? Another clawed hand came up to the window. Billy Ray shot it and when he did, it just flipped and disappeared. They just flipped, rolled, and floated off running. What in the devil are they? Billy Ray shouted. That's just it. Maybe they're the devil himself coming to get us. Lucky told his friend. Stop right there for a second. So they shoot at this thing. It just flips. Rose and floats back into the forest. <laughs> I love <don't> how <know>, like <laughs> what the fuck.
1: <laughs> Let's just take a moment to uh, appreciate the fact that like n- these creatures, whatever they might be, have done nothing threatening. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, they've done nothing for. They look threatening.
1: They just—they're just there.
0: They're just there.
1: And human intuition and human instinct is just
0: Just shoot it.
1: (laughs) Just shoot.
0: When something's going wrong, you don't know what it is. Hey, there's some threatening
1: things coming at us.
0: Shoot it. Really?
1: The clock came down from the top of the house. Yeah, the creature's like... We're making contact. contact. <laughs>
0: we make contact with the humans. What did he do? Shoot us!
1: <laughs> Leave. These people are crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, if I'm an alien. i like, especially you put yourself in a position. If you're an alien. You're an alien. You're trying to make contact with these group of earthlings. What did he agree? You go. We come in bees. What's the reaction? To you shoot it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Little do we know, there's, uh, because of Billy Ray's actions that night, there's an intergalactic <laughs> war. <laughs>
0: America, fuck yeah!
1: <laughs> that is yet to come. They've been planning it for yeah, four, four decades. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, well, four, five? Five, six, decades, six.
0: 1952,
1: okay. Six decades, yes.
0: Six decades.
1: decades. Yeah. Right. Six decades.
0: Thanks got... a lot, Billy Ray. Thanks, now we got...
1: Thanks Billy Ray. <laughs>
0: Thanks a lot. Now I got a... Fucking goddamn pilot a spaceship up to their mothership and blow it up with Ugar bomb. wait a minute, is that the platform independence Day?
1: Yeah, we gotta install the uh the virus into it. Remember oh, he shot yeah. the cocaine? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I gotta do the virus. Okay, get back No just...
1: no no more oops. Yeah, so no more oops. No, no more oops. <laughs> that way. <laughs> that way. <laughs> Jeff go Jeff Oops, Oops, oops. What do you mean, oops? Maybe
0: oops. All right. okay. Uh what was I? By the by this time everyone was really frightened. They had no clue what they were dealing with and how to deal with it. The children and some of the women were crying. June was hysterical. Lucky and Billy Ray ran out the front door and saw one up in the big maple tree that stood in the front yard. They were able to get a good look at the little creature and they couldn't believe what their eyes were seeing. J.C., O.P., and Glennette were watching from inside the house. The family couldn't believe what their eyes were showing them. Both Billy Ray and Lucky fired at the creature and with everyone watching it float float to the ground and took off. Just as Lucky turned around, another another was coming from around the corner of the house. He shot at it and when he did, it sounded like a tin bucket being hit. As Lucky watched the little creature, it floated up onto the fence. He shot at it again and it floated down, rolled and took off. Lucky had had enough. He figured with all the firepower they were using, Something would be lying on the ground, either dead or dying. Miss Galeen thought the way the little men were coming up to the house, it just seemed innocent to her. After all, they had their little hands up in the air and were trying to surrender. Elmer, I don't think they're trying to hurt us. Haven't you noticed their hands were up in the air like they were trying to surrender to us? Maybe they just needed help. Galeen tried to reason with her son. You know they could just be as afraid of us as we are of them. Mom, I don't want to know what these things are. I'm not going to get getting close enough to him to find out. Why? Because I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> we do the surrender around
1: here, not to... <laughs> Right. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, little, the, the, jab at yeah, little challenges out there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Take no.
0: Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, she noticed Like that was one of the things that the uh, mother was saying is that they were walking. The aliens were walking up to her. The goblins, whatever the hell they were, with their hands up in the air. Like we surrender, yeah. And you shoot at it. <laughs> I
1: like, mean,
0: that'd probably be my natural
1: reaction too.
0: We surrender, boom. Fuck you, Fritchie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is like to assume that like their hands up in the air means our hands up in the air. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. But that's just that's just how they walk.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, could be just. You know. Could have John McCain syndrome, but he can't put his hands. On no, you can't lift him that high, man. Head. Come on. <laughs> Maybe they were mocking the John McCain. You will be a man, never run for president, lose, but can't lift his hands over his head. We are mocking him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the story.
1: So the mom thinks they're innocent, and the yes. kid is like, "No, yeah, um, I'm not going to." Lucky out there. is
0: going, "Fuck that." Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm shooting these <A6>. things. <laughs> Alright. We have to figure out something. Lucky gathered some, gathered everyone together in the house. Now everyone stayed quiet while trying to figure out what to do. They all gathered together. The women holding on to the children while the men kept watch. But the little men, little men just weren't going to let there be silence if they heard at least one of them going across the tin roof of the house. You could hear a pin drop. As not a breath was taken, and as what sounded like nails or claws scratching along the tent. Vera screamed, Lucky do something. That's it. I'm going to kill me one of those little sons of bitches. Lucky stormed out of the house, and sure enough, they were looking down at him. Lucky shot the little man, and just as before, he floated down off of the roof, rolled, up, rolled and ran into the woods. Lucky knew then there was no there was no more that they could do. It was obvious they weren't going to kill or injure any of them, so they had to come up with a plan and quick before something bad happened. After all, they had been shooting at these things all night. What's to say they wouldn't come back with their own weapons? Oh, now you think of the weapons. <laughs> oh, it was also cl- also clear that no one knew or even had an inkling of what these little creatures were, and there was no way they were going to for harm. There was no way they were going to harm. Lucky headed back into the house afraid if they held out too long, they would bring more of them. And they were really in a bad situation. So, we want to stop it right there because then they make a plan with the. There's a little space in there. They end up getting into their cars, the two pickup trucks, and driving to the Hopkinsville Sheriff's Department. hmm. So, you're okay. what Okay.
1: So, I mean, they did what I guess most of us would do. Right is uh, get the hell out of there and go get some help in case they were under um, some sort of physical threat, physical harm, uh, threat of physical harm, I should say. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the fact about the story is so compelling to me. Like, it wasn't just a pair of adults who could trick each other into thinking something was there that wasn't right there's like that sort of hysteria that happens right no there were five adults
0: five adults
1: and and then some kids right
0: yeah there were five adults and seven children
1: um the children their interpretation of what they saw might not be as descriptive as an adult is right but children have no reason to lie. lie. Yeah. That, no reason. Yeah.
0: And even the surviving children to this day, because a lot of people in this story has passed on, um, even though some of the surviving kids today um, had said, pretty much still give off the same story. That it's solid. It That's it. This is the same story.
1: That's it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there isn't uh, too many other interpretations you can make of, at least come to a base understanding that, this family went through something, they saw something really strange that night, mm-hmm. and they were scared shitless, right? Yeah. So they go to the police station, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And take it from there.
0: Yeah. All right, so they make it to the police station. The entire family, everyone from the small town to the middle-aged women this, this late at night, were definitely in an unusual sight. Everyone was trying to talk at once when they finally got to the police station, an officer in charge finally got them to calm down enough to understand they were just some kind of standoff at their house. When they finally understood that they were fighting against three and when he when the officer, excuse me, finally understood they were fighting against three and a half foot tall little (laughs) men. He really didn't know what to do or what to think. So he but what he did is he thought was right and called Sheriff Russell Greenwald. Greenwell, the Sheriff on
1: duty. (laughs) Yeah, because... Like, oh my. Oh,
0: I just see the officer standing there. All right, what's the problem? We've been fighting against three and a half fun little green goblins. And they came to our freaking farm and they started touching our hair. Hold on, calm down. Did you say little green goblins? Yes! I'm going to call the sheriff. Because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nah. I'm too old for this yeah. shit. <laughs>
1: nah, fam. I ain't doing with this. Yeah. No, we good. <laughs> nah, we good.
0: Yeah, how would you react if someone came up to you, whole family, just like we were fighting little green aliens at our house. How, what would your reaction be?
1: I'd sit them down and offer them some water, first of all, and just yeah. be like, are you guys feeling okay? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... um yeah, and then I would escalate the situation to somebody higher than me because that is absurd. From a, if you're not expecting that sort of incident to happen, that must be uh, bewildering. Yeah, a whole family walking into the office of the sheriff and claiming this incident. Mm. How would I mean? How would how would anyone react?
0: Right. Uh. <sighs> I would would
1: be. What time of the night was this, by the way?
0: This was around, when they saw the sheriff, this was at, like, had to be 11 o'clock.
1: Okay, so the sheriff was more than likely at home sleeping.
0: he He was asleep, so we pick up from when the sheriff gets that phone call. Sheriff Greenwell wasn't quite sure he was hearing right and had to ask a few times to make sure. After all, he had been awakened and told there was some kind of little man attacking a family. So he's probably thinking there's some midget attacking his family. So tell me, like midget's not the proper term, but Uh little person. uh, Height Clyde. So you're telling me that Peter Dinklage is attacking his family for no reason whatsoever. He's getting his hands off going. It's like, I was in Game of Thrones. Hold (laughs) on. Like, I hated you were all powers. No, no. That's, 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 for, that's the other guy. So, okay. When he got to the station, he could see the family was distraught. And that something must have happened. When he finally understood, he told the family it would be all right. He was going to make a few calls and that they would all head back to their place. He radioed the Madisonville headquarters of the Kentucky State Police. He then sent a broadcast to all state troopers patrolling the highways to to the police station at Hopkinsville. The staff photographer of the Kentucky New era was notified, and so was Fort Campbell Army Base, who sent out four military police. That's important, because Fort Campbell is near Hopkinsville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a major army base. It's still in use today. Um, when the catch of Bin Laden, when they <coughs> sent SEAL CO- team, CO- team 6, have bin Laden. Like you've seen Zero Target 30? I have. Um they they there's a scene in there that seems like Obama who was president at the time is briefing SEAL Team Six mm-hmm. at Area 51. No, he was doing it at Fort Campbell.
1: Oh, in Kentucky. In
0: Kentucky. That the real story is that he came and met SEAL Team Six at Fort Campbell, Kentucky.
1: I see. So this
0: is a major military base. And when you like, which we'll get into future episodes, Project Boo Book, which this is a story in Project Boo Book. Um, the military was very interested in UFO or extraterrestrial sightings or encounters.
1: Were, I mean, were. Is. Well, is, excuse me. Yes, is. I <laughs> saw the story that came out just a month and a yes, half ago. Yes,
0: we'll get to that a little bit in the future. So,
1: I wonder at this point, like, it does make me wonder. So, they call the military yeah. police, right? And the, and the, MPs showed up. Mm -hmm. Did they show up because they suspected something was weird going on? I mean, they're watching the skies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially at that time when, like, there's, you know, existential threats to the US's safety and well being. So they're watching the skies for anomalous activity. Right. Did they see something? Um and they're like, hey, there this was could no be report. Something.
0: There was no reports. They had meteor shower reports that they gave off officially. I mean unofficially, maybe they might have solved something and it was a UFO. Um, but any encounter of anything weird, they wanna make sure it's not the Ruskies trying to stir something up. They want to investigate it. So they're going to send MPs, especially if it's sheriff of a town and their nearby base, to <clears> say <throat> that this something extraordinary happened. Yeah, they're gonna send MPs to it. And even now. <laughs> so, uh, getting back to the story. They all met at the station. Soon there was an entire band of vehicles headed out to Kelly. Sheriff Greenwell's wife even went. Yeah, because she wanted to see this too. On the way to Kelly, Greenwell kept an open mind because it wasn't that long ago he had an experience of his own. Back in 1952, he was on his way home from his sisters who lived in Kentucky Lake. at Kentucky Lake where he and other... Motorists got to see something very unusual. There, suspended in the air was an oval-shaped object. Greenwell and 75 to 100 people sat there and watched this object for 30 to 40 minutes.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. What?
0: The sheriff supposedly saw a UFO three years prior. Okay. At Kentucky Lake. And 75 to 100 people also saw this object at the same time.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So he's keeping an open mind. It was I didn't never let know about this. Okay. Right. Um, it was never moved until it finally took off at a high rate of speed. It left Greenwell, and many people saw it, with a lot of questions that day. So Sheriff Greenwell was someone open to the idea that something could have happened out in Kelly. Mm-hmm. He knew one thing, and that it was a family that had something happen to them that night. If you don't have an entire family like this one get out for nothing, he knew by talking to Mrs. Gunn... Uh, that this family had just had a terrifying experience. When they arrived, they could tell something was not quite right. There was a strange feeling in the air. When they were coming down the stretch of driveway, some of the officers noticed a glow of some kind lying in the fence. They went and checked it out, but when they neared it, the glow would just disappear. When they walked away from it, the glow would come back. It was very obvious that something had gone on that evening because there were shotgun and rifle shells everywhere. There were holes in the screens and in the windows, and the woodwork around the windows had been shot up. There were no bodies, no blood, no fur, no feathers. Nothing to show what they had been shooting at for hours. The other family would go in the house until someone went in and searched to make sure there was nothing inside. The family was questioned by everyone there because there was no other evidence than that of the gun shells and casings and the holes and everywhere, there was no proof. After several hours, everyone left. Sheriff Greenwell knew something went on. There was just too much damage to everything. He also could see the eyes of Miss Gunneen that she was telling the truth. What reason would she have to lie? What reason would any of them have to run to Hawkinsville in the middle of the night? Of course, it was told that alcohol was involved, but that was never true. Yes, the boys liked to drink, but they knew better than they could do it around their mother and younger siblings. Where the premises were searched, there was no sign of any alcohol present. After everyone left, it was quiet and Miss Glenene got the children down again for the rest of what was left of the night. The family was exhausted, physically and mentally. The night was still uneasy, so Lucky fell asleep in an old chair in his, by his mother's bed with a gun across his lap. Ms. Glenene... Couldn't get fully asleep. She would open her eyes and she would see one of those little men looking in at her through the window. She thought Shirley was just dreaming or seeing seeing things after all the little men were gone. When she did it for the third time, she realized it was really there. They came back. Hmm. She yelled at Lucky that they were back and he jumped up. The battle started once again. This was around 3.30 in the morning of August twenty second, 1955. It lasted till 5.15 that morning. When the sun came up, the little creatures left. No one could understand at that time why they left when they did. The family was glad daylight had come. They were about out of ammunition. Apparently, that's what made the little men leave. They didn't like the light. This is what they're thinking. That there was the only rational explanation they could come up with. Lucky told everyone they needed to forget this ever happened and that they needed to continue on with their everyday lives. In fact, some of the men went to Evansville that morning to pick up some furniture. Lucky had seen the night before how people were making fun of the situation just minutes after they arrived. Yeah, the press and a couple of sheriffs were making fun of the situation. They like, Man, these people are fucking drunk or whatever um they're making some shit up so
1: this yeah. is the day after they're already making this is fun when of it the,
0: the, well the day after and also when the sheriff's department and the local police and the mps from uh fort campbell had came a couple of them were making fun of the family
1: yeah i mean i can definitely see yeah. uh ridicule and mocking but how did the story get out this fast? Is what I'm asking. Uh, well, like,
0: the press was invited. There was a local, uh, what was the name? Hold on. The Kentucky New Era, press photographer was there. I see. So, um, and a reporter. So they started asking questions of the family and taking pictures. So the next day's news headline, um, across what well, pretty much the majority of the nation is little green men invade Kelly. So these little great men, so people knew about this little this little battle that had happened because and around the town is gonna to spread really quickly. So yeah, that's how people knew initially heard about this close encounter, if it was a close encounter. So um also, this is very interesting, Bud but Bud Leith, an up-and-coming engineer at a radio station, WHOP in Hopkinsville, went to the farmhouse the following morning to interview the family. June didn't want any part of it. She wanted to leave Kentucky and never come back. The other women talked to Ludworth. He took them in a room one at a time and questioned them and asked them to describe what they saw that night before. He was astonished when they all told him the exact same thing with descriptions were identical. When he finally got to talk to the men. it was a very same thing. The only difference with Billy Ray's account was more colorful but Ledworth could tell he was a more excitable person than the rest, and could see why he would be a little different. But Ledworth left there knowing in his heart the same as Chief Greenwell did, that something happened to that family on that night of August 21st, 1965. The stories were identical, so were the drawings he had left with, and there was no doubt in his mind that Miss Glenine Langford saw something absolutely incredible that night.
1: So it it definitely helps to uh, establish um, the truth of it. It helps that the woman, Glenine, is yeah. like a respected person in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, someone who's like who wouldn't get into the the silliness of uh, you know a prank or trying to I mean what would they even gain from this I mean like, there's it's no not be, like yeah, it's not like they're if anything they're harming themselves in yeah. the in the public eye
0: yeah and not only that you didn't shut up your house <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> well, right, oh, right. you didn't shut up your house <laughs> you gotta pay for this shit <laughs> screen doors got holes in it fucking furniture holes in it Upholstery holes, walls, holes, gunshot
1: Windows are broken. Windows
0: broken and shit. Dude, for a hoax? Who was the gain off this? Shit? To
1: gain what off of it?
0: Like, like. Oh, and we- so,
1: what was the family's like? Uh, kind of, what did they do in the in the months and the the years after? Like, well, it's not like they turn around the next month and like. Put out a book deal, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they. When they, was this book written?
0: Um, this book was written two thousand five or six. Okay, so yeah, this was,
1: five decades after the incident.
0: Yeah, this was
1: the point I'm trying well, to 2015. make. Two thousand fifteen. Sorry, <laughs> two thousand fifteen. Six decades after the incident. Yes. The point I'm trying to make is like it's not like they were trying to like profit off of this incident that happened. So there goes that motivation. Yeah, there's right.
0: There's no, they showed a couple of investigators um, in in the days afterwards. They talked with MPs again from the military base um, and investigators that was connected to Project Blue Book, even though the government denies it. But still, um, Blue Book. Project Blue Book listed the case as a hoax.
1: Oh, they? Yeah, they did. They,
0: they, they listed the case as a hoax. They said this was a hoax with no further comment. That's all they said. It was, this is a hoax. Um, even though they didn't shut up their fucking house. <laughs> and, and they looked fucking scared. But they listened. I mean, as a would hoax. you,
1: did you, would, would you even suppose that people from that investigative panel even went out to Kentucky it was proven
0: that they did they they did go out there they denied it at first and then they found out that yeah you did because you heard you listed it and brought it blue book and um so they did go out there there was at least one investigator
1: um so they actually went out there and spoke to these people
0: they spoke to these people well only a couple of them they probably um,
1: spoke to the sheriff more than anyone yeah,
0: yeah probably you know um but they just listed it as a hoax. It was a UFO investigators came up, took pictures of stuff, uh, talked to the family. Um, eventually, after a couple of months, the family got sick of it because this was just they wanted to go back to a normal life. So they refused people coming up to try to see the farm. They replaced uh, the screens, windows, stuff like that. All, all were replaced. And they refused to talk about it for years and years and years. Um, some of the matriarchs started dying off. Um And the children that were there and the children that came afterwards who were not there, they began to tell the stories because they had heard the stories. Mm-hmm. So, and it really became, like, it was really big back then and it became even big within your uh to this day. so
1: Interesting. Um, so, in the, uh, <laughs> while you were talking and describing the latter parts of the story, I... Um, was reading through the the Wikipedia entry into the incident, and they were talking about how the <laughs> for those listeners who aren't into Pokemon, the creature called Sableye is this like blue grayish thing that looks like Sonic the Hedgehog almost. Apparently, the creature, the Pokemon character, is based directly from. Um, the supposed aliens yeah. from this from this story, which I thought was an interesting. Yeah, uh, y-
0: yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, that was one. Because look, I
1: mean, it looks it looks kind of like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, with the big buggy eyes and the the long arms.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things that um, <clears throat> were pop culture that was inspired by this incident. Um, before we get to that, there is there a couple of explanations that. People want to bring up, and I either want to debunk them or go a little bit further into them, just very quickly. Um, the skeptics.